So here's an interesting fact for you guys. The last time Nick Diaz fought Robbie Lawler in 2004, George W. Bush was the US president. You had MySpace that was the leading social media app. (laughs) Not even an app, in fact, it was just a website. And Halo 2 had just been announced and the release there had just been announced as well. So to the guys that are actually, who actually watch this live, do you feel old yet? I'm Ash and I'm joined by Tim. And, you know, as always, we are Calf Kick Sports, breaking down the Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz 2 rematch. This one's for the boys, man. How you doing, Tim? How you finding it? <laughs> man, it's, for this? You it, pumped? Yeah, it's crazy to look back. 2004 is when they fought. Nick Diaz at the time was 20 years old, which means he was fighting in Vegas and he couldn't even have a drink after his fight. But hey, uh, Half-Life 2 just came out. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. World of Warcraft. Just the basic World of Warcraft just came out. You know what was in films this year? In 2004, but Shrek 2 was breaking all the box office numbers. Spider-Man 2. Like, this is an old, old fight. And it's amazing that these guys are still fighting. But we did see their development in kind of in the octagon or in the rings or various octagons around the world because their journey through titles and finding the rematch, it's like a closed circle of they journeyed everywhere in mixed martial arts before finding each other again. And we might be really sad on Sunday or we might be extremely excited. It's going to be an interesting fight, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably the greatest love story ever ever told. You know, you, you, got, you got Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler um, fighting all those years ago and they found each other again. But man, it was such a... It, it was such a weird time back then, wasn't it? Because the UFC, it was nowhere near as popular as it was now. And, you know, here we are all these years later. Um, do you think this fight makes sense? I mean, does it make sense, like, to you? I think this was... If you remember, I think on the podcast, I think one of our early shows, we we did pick out a fight for... Um, for Robbie Lawler and I think we picked Nick, Nick or Nate Diaz as like a reasonable fight for him so it's kind of odd that it actually did get booked it feels like more of a fight to put Nick over the top because it feels like Robbie's probably about to retire so I think the UFC is trying to push Nick a little bit more does it make mm-hmm. sense no because both of them probably should be retired but we'll talk a little bit more about their physical states in a bit uh but yeah do you think the fight makes sense what do you think I mean initially I, I was thinking what's the point of, I mean it's a bit weird because You'd want Nick to fight someone a bit more higher, higher ranked. But then again, he's not fought in six years, man. It's a very, very long time. We don't know what Nick Diaz is going to show up. And I think the UFC are banking and praying. And Dana is probably on his knees praying to God that Robbie Lawler loses this fight because they want a Nick Diaz come up. They, they want him to come back, man. They want him to go on a tear. And ultimately, you know, even if he doesn't win the title, they want to set up that big title fight, man, because easily 1.2 million buys, man. Can you imagine the press conference and the, the build up to that if he manages to get a title shot against Usman? I, I even think that if he beats Robbie Lawler, they might just give him a title shot, honestly, just because it's Nick Diaz. That's the thing with the <laughs> UFC is, and probably mixed martial arts as a whole, like as much as we do make fun of the UFC it's a, it's a product of mixed martial arts that they're just they throw money at money and that's the way it goes so if Nick Diaz wins this fight and let's say we give him some other bum to beat up for a little while now we'll give him a title shot because he actually sells he is a needle mover at this point and he sells because he was 
put on good cards for his entire career. It's crazy to think that their first fight, the Robbie Lawler, uh, Nick Diaz first fight was on the undercard of Chuck and Tito. So even as young guys, both of these guys were kind of in the spotlight for a major card. Do you know what else was on this? <laughs> this is so, this is so long ago. Genki Sudo, the Japanese pop star was fighting Mike Thomas Brown, who it became Dustin Poirier's coach. That's how long ago these That's guys is thought. Like, that is yes that's crazy man that's crazy like almost everyone else on that fight card has retired except for these two but yeah also think of nick diaz's like where he went after that the fights with kj nudes the the hospital fights he was main eventing in fight night cards with like diego sanchez uh carl parisian like really good fights like this the strike force title run where um it was like north california versus south california with our our friend frank shamrock he was fighting on the undercard with Kimbo Slice, and then he had fights. Um, and every nothing can ever be normal with Nick. Do you remember when the yeah. UFC gave him a title shot, and then he didn't show up to the press conference, so they took away <laughs> the title shot? And then he, I think it was something like Carlos Condit got the title shot, and then George dropped out, so they put Nick in, but then Nick couldn't win that fight. But then they gave him a title shot later on anyway. Like, nothing can ever be normal. The Pride 33 win, the biggest win of his career. Uh, he apparently had marijuana in his system, and it was a non-title fight. Yeah, against Takanori Gong. He was high, apparently, in that fight, man. Apparently, like, there was so much weed. I think I read this up, not mm-hmm. listened to this in a Rogan podcast. Yet he, he had smoked so much weed, yeah. It was basically, they determined that he was probably high off his face whilst he was fighting Gomi. So <laughs> you're fighting one of the best lightweights of all time yeah. in Takanori Gomi. Uh, very underrated, by the way, you know, like... Um, but you're fighting one of the best lightweights of all time. You're high off your face and you finish him. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. That's just insane, man. I, I don't even have any words, man. Like Nick Diaz is just an enigma. Yeah, like Nothing can ever be normal with Nick. He's got yeah. hospital fights. He's got uh, like his biggest wins are overturned because he was high during the fight. Like nothing can ever be just by the book for Nick Diaz. And that kind of promotion has really worked for him, hasn't it? Like he's become um, kind of an anti-establishment figure because yes. he never got along with the UFC and he never got along with the athletic commission. And that promotion has really worked for him, right? Now we're talking about like, we're excited for it to see him after six years away. And it's not like he was doing good before that. He hasn't won since 2011. What do you think, Ash? I mean, here's the thing though, Tim. You've got to also look at a competition he's fighting. And I think, I believe here's an interesting stat for you guys. We're, we're just making this the Nick Diaz podcast, but it, it, you know, like Absolutely. we have to talk. We have to talk about Nick. We have to L- look at the guys he fought. Yeah, in the last three fights, yeah, they're all re- they're just killers. Like you, he's the only guy that's fought Anderson Silva and George Saint Pierre back to back, or ever. He's n- no one's. I don't think anyone's fought both of them ever. And then you know, before that, it's it's Carlos Condit. So. He hasn't fought, he hasn't won in 10 years. It's a very, very long time. He looked very impressive against BJ. That was his last, last win. Yeah, he but looked really good. Long... That was good. That was good, man. But that was the last time, man. It was, and he was, by the way, he was, he, he tested positive for marijuana then as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> so it's ridiculous, man. Like, you know, he hasn't fought in a long, long, I mean, he hasn't won in a long time, but you've also got to remember he's fought, the legends and i mean we're talking about goat status people like anderson silva and george st pierre mm-hmm. now does he still have it i don't know man like it's so hard to tell like if he fights how he did you know in strike force uh and you know kind of the beginning of his second ufc career 
or his, sorry, his UFC run, we might see, you know, the Nick Diaz of old and his prime, but six years is a hell of a long time, man. Like, I mean, he's yeah. almost 40, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk, and he's been fighting at this level for that long. We'll get to kind of the breakdown of the fight in a minute, but he has had some of the greatest fights of all time. Like the Paul Daly fight might be the greatest fight in MMA history, the Takanori Gomi fight. Best one round fight, man. Best one round fight ever. Best one round fight. Uh, the Takanori Gomi fight might be the greatest fight of all time. And respect to Robbie Lawler because he's been in some wars and he's also been on various sides of some of the greatest fights in history with guys like Rory McDonald. He's been in there absolute wars with Johnny Hendricks, uh, Carlos Condit. He Robbie Lawler has been in some wars as well. I, do you remember his knockout, man? Just strike. This is just it. it just was strike force so much better. Like it was, it became Dude. so much better because Robbie Lawler had that amazing knockout over Matt Lindland in Strike Force as well. Yes. The knockout, yeah. uh, your favorite knockout with Melvin Manhoff was Robbie oh, Lawler, right? What's that hundred times, man? I've I've shown my friends this year, and I think even the ones that aren't MMA fans are like, "That's a damn good fight." And the ones they say, "Ah, it's kind of boring." I'm like, "You don't have a soul in you, man. Like, <laughs> how could you not?" That's like one of the best comeback knockouts ever. Like. If you guys haven't seen that, watch Robbie Lawler versus uh, Melvin Manhoff. I'm sure you guys can find it somewhere. One of the greatest comebacks of all time. I mean, Robbie yep. Lawler was getting his leg pieced up and he threw an overhand right, man, out of nowhere and knocked him out cold. But yeah, man, this is going to be a war. I, I do believe this is going to be a war. Um, you know, Robbie Lawler, he's in Sanford right now. Uh, and he's, I think he switched up camp fairly recently, didn't he? So... Yeah, I think yeah, so he, yeah. He's coming for the win, man. He's definitely coming for the win. And in all honesty, though, if it weren't for the fact that this was moved to middleweight last minute, I probably would have sided with Nick, but there's something weird going on, man. I don't know. Let's, let's talk about that because this news just came out a couple hours ago before we started yeah, recording. Yeah. Okay, so so Nick requested that the fight be moved to 185. That's usually not a good sign. The UFC, of course, says, yeah, whatever you want, man. You're, you're a needle mover. You can do anything you want. Yeah, the yeah. rules are different for Diaz brothers, as we talked about that doesn't bode well that doesn't look good because you're struggling to cut weight now after six years yeah he probably is struggling to cut weight because i don't know if he was in shape in that time like that there's a lot of indicators now where we have to look at like yeah this guy's maybe running triathlons and stuff like that well he's not in shape though like there has to be there's something else weird going on where you know what i mean like what is what does that say about a fighter who says can i fight in 15 pounds heavier six days before the fight Four, yeah, not even. Is it six days? Is it four, four days? Four days. It's even crazy. less than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, so he did do a test cut, you know, that like at 170 a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he posted a picture of himself. He looked quite ripped, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's 38 years old and he's making 170. And he's a big boy, man. Nick Diaz is, you know, he's six foot one, um, big lad. So I don't know, man, maybe, maybe he feels like he's got more me- energy at middleweight. Uh, Caesar Gracie, he came out with a tweet, yes, uh, I think it was earlier today or yesterday saying, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Nick. He's got no injuries. They're just selling you wolf tickets. <laughs> um, so I don't know, man, it's an interesting one. Like if the Nick Diaz, if Nick Diaz is in shape, uh, I reckon a 25 minute war is going to bode it's not going to bode well for Robbie Lawler, man. He's got ridiculous cardio, man, Nick. Um, yeah, totally uh, agree. Totally agree. Even early on in Nick's career, when he was doing uh, five-round fights with people like uh, like 
I think KJ Nunes was kind of the first one. That was when the UFC wasn't doing five round fights for non-title fights. And Nick Diaz was just going out and doing these fights. And he absolutely was beating people. No problem. No questions asked in five round wars. So I, yeah, I do think the cardio, see, this is the thing when we're analyzing fights, I can only do evidence-based breakdowns based on not what I think, not like, I'm, I'm not trying to say what is going on behind the scenes. All I'm trying to say is the last time we saw both of these guys fight with evidence, what did they both look like? Now, Robbie Lawler's fights are a lot closer than Nick Diaz's last fights, but I'm still have to use Nick Diaz's last fight as reference because I'm always going to do evidence-based breakdowns. And based on that, Nick looks fine. Nick looks not bad. Whereas I know from evidence from his last fight that Robbie Lawler doesn't look good and he's having yeah. trouble to pull the trigger. He also struggles against opponents, as we mentioned in the past, where if you throw 200 punches at him, he just shells up and doesn't counter at all. Nick Diaz is kind of a good fight. Uh, I mean, Nick Diaz, it seems like a good setup for Nick here, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, arguably, here's the thing, though. With Robbie Lawler, he, again, he's faced killer upon killer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got... Okay, so here's the last four losses he's had, yeah? Rafael, Rafael de Sonjas, which is, he's a monster. And then you got Ben Askren. Again, that was arguable. He was smashing Ben at the beginning as well. He was he was really putting a beat in him at the beginning. Colby Covington, who arguably could be the next welterweight champ. We never know. Um, you know, very elite level quality fighter. And Neil Magny, who's a tough, he's just a tough guy, man. And um, he imposes a very heavy resting game plan as well. Mm-hmm. So these are very bad stylistic matchups for Robbie because I don't think he's got the best kind of wrestling in the world. Um, you know, RDA, good wrestling. Ben Askren, good wrestling. Colby Covington, good wrestling. Neil Magny, good wrestling. Nick Diaz sucks at wrestling. So this is actually a lot better. It's a lot easier in terms of stylistic fight for, for Robbie. Um, but again, it, it just depends on it just depends on which Robbie shows up, really. Yeah, so Nick Diaz's wrestling is questionable because he's so happy to uh, pull, uh, kind of pull guard on his opponents and stay on yeah. his back. Like we saw with guys like Diego Sanchez, Cara and Sean Shirt, George St. Pierre, where he is okay with being taken down because he wants to work off of his back. And in early MMA, that was probably a detriment to him because judges had no idea what was going on. Now, yeah. he, if he's doing work off his back, the judges will probably understand he might win the fight from there. Uh, so, yeah, I totally agree with you that his wrestling is questionable. And that seems like his choice. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you're saying Robbie Lawler is going to open up in this fight like he did against Carlos Condit, Donald Cerrone, Rory McDonald, maybe even Johnny Hendricks a little bit more uh, because yeah. he's not facing a wrestler, correct? Go on with that. Potentially, yeah, because he, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that takedown so much, um, which I think is extremely important. Like in this fight, leading up into this fight, that's a big key point. Uh, so I do feel like, I, you know what I think he's going to do? I think he's going he's gonna to implement a very kick-heavy game plan. He's going to take his leg out um with the i think he's actually going to try and take his legs and body out early that that's just my thought and if i was robbie lawler's camp i probably would be implementing a very kick heavy base style um like with with george st pierre he didn't stay in boxing range with nick diaz at all he uses a lot of kicks and he used wrestling uh, just to mix it up and nick diaz had a very very hard time landing because of it so yeah i i personally think maybe Robbie might even start shooting for takedowns, man. We don't know. He might go for kicks and takedowns, just like uh, the game plan that GSP implemented. Yeah, uh, d- yeah, kicks against the Diaz brothers tends to work because of their their stance is so side on that when you kick yeah. them, be- 
on the back of the leg, you're kicking them on the back of the knee and you can rotate out the other side. And then now you're standing behind them. That is a good idea. That's a very good game plan. Uh, would Robbie Lawler would also likely be implementing the game plan that Carlos Condit and the first KJ Nunes fight did against Diaz, where you're not staying in the pocket and trying to trade with them. You're yes. landing one shot and you're getting out. And no, Car- Carlos yeah. Condit was criticized for that, but he won He won fairly squarely. I don't want to hear about it in the comments, anybody. But he won. <laughs> <laughs> but he won. Diaz, one, two, five, man. One, two, five. He used to read it every day on one, the forums. Two, yeah, that was the biggest thing on the forums for so long. It's drilled in our brains and it's been about 10 years since that fight. Yeah, yeah. Diaz, one, two, five. Yeah. So I think he, he could implement, thinking of a prime Robbie Lawler, he could absolutely implement a game plan where he just picks his shots, stays out of range, uh, kick heavy would be good. But is he still in that good of shape? And how does he react when Nick really starts landing punching combinations like he maybe did against BJ Penn or something like that? What do you think? Like, what would be the game plan for Diaz and how is Robbie Lawler going to react to it? I mean, Diaz, Diaz is going to be doing Diaz, isn't he? He's going to have to pop him. He's going to have to pop him to the body and to the head. Um, but it, it's always just very, very, very boxing heavy with Nick always. But he's got phenomenal hands and just be Nick Diaz, man. I mean, you know, one thing he did say, though, which is a bit of a worry, um, because I think that is one of the biggest, it's one of the biggest things, you know, of his arsenal. The trash talk, he goes, I'm going to be a lot more respectful coming into this fight. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a good idea, man. Like, you want to try and piss Robbie off. Uh, you want to try and throw him out of his game plan, maybe exchange hands, and then, you know, Nick would catch him with something. That's why I think, I don't think Nick should have stopped doing that, but He's changed as a person, you know. He says, I'm not 21 anymore. I can't. I want to set a good example for the kids, uh, literally his words. Um, I mean, what do you think of that? Like him saying, I'm not going to trash talk going into this. We have some first-person perspective on Nick Diaz's trash talk because we've interviewed Mario Soromskis. And he oh, said, yes. yeah. and he, he said specifically, and I think I made... Um, I think I made like a YouTube short. So if you don't have time, you can. there's a 30-second video I made of him just commenting on Nick. But he said that he purposefully tried to piss me off and it worked. Yeah. Nick knew what he was doing. He, he looked, I think Marius basically said like, he looks like an idiot and he acts like an idiot, but it worked because he got in my yeah. head. He made yeah. me mad. And I, cause I thought he was mad. He wasn't mad. He doesn't care. Nick doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, so Mar- no, such a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Frank Shamrock never talked about it, but you can see in their fight, Nick was really trash talking him. And then immediately, as soon as the fight was done, he showed respect. However, Trash talk against Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler is basically an Easter Island head statue fighting in the octagon. Like, do you think trash talk would get under the skin of Robbie Lawler? Do you think he'd care? I don't know, man. I, no, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one because you might have a point in that one because with Colby, he was saying all kinds of stuff, man. He's like, yeah, Robbie's on roids. He's a piece of shit fighter, you know, mm. and blah, blah, blah. An American top team. He was a dickhead. And like, they're asking him, Robbie, for his thoughts on Colby's trash talk. He goes, I'm just going to do my job. Like, yeah. <laughs> literally, he did not care, man. Like, he did not care at all. But I do feel like Nick Diaz is probably, he's better at psychological warfare in the cage than Colby. So that's a little bit different. And yeah, I know it's not necessarily a key to victory, a physical key to victory. But it's huge, man. The, Nate D- the Diaz brothers are the best in the game at psychological warfare in the cage, that is. Um, you know, Connor's good at outside the cage, but when it comes to actually in cage psychological warfare, he- he's the Don, man. He's the best. 
yeah, he's throwing up middle fingers while like, you know, he, people are landing punches on him or you're landing or he's landing punches on you. He's just trash talking. He's throwing up his hands and stuff like that. You get to see a lot of this stuff, uh, especially in the Takanori Gomi fight when people were really underestimating how good Nick Diaz was because people had no idea how good he was just cut from the UFC a couple of fights ago. Um, yeah. He's a really interesting guy to fight because of that and it must be intimidating some guy lands a really fast one two on you and then he throws his hands in the air and gives you the middle finger and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, uh be knocked out man i don't think i don't think it's physically enough to get knocked out <laughs> unless he fights like i don't know francis Ngannou, then yeah maybe he gets knocked out but honest to god man like he's i think he's got the best chin in mma of all time honestly but, but let's get into like he 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 requested the higher weight he's nearing his 40s he's been in the fight game in hard fights for a long time like he's not taking easy fights he's taken big shots throughout his entire career even in fights where he's won he's getting dropped he's getting cut up can nick diaz survive a fight let's say robbie actually lands some really good shots in this fight do you think nick can make it to the final bell oh you think if nick can make it to the final bell i thought you were gonna say the other way around robbie makes it to the final bell robbie's uh, fine don't worry about robbie we just yeah, get- I mean, robbie's got cardio man he's definitely got cardio now whether he's got cardio with going five five rounds of nick diaz that's a different story but that's a good point man you know maybe the cardio isn't as good anymore like you know he's he's you know he's technically been semi-retired enjoying life for a very long time uh, I don't even know if he's competing in triathlons, Tim, anymore. I don't know if he's doing that anymore. No idea. Uh, there's so many X factors here. And what, what has he been doing for training? Who is his training partners? You know, you've got Jake Shields. Who's, is he semi-retired or set, retired? I uh, don't know. Yeah. And then you've got like Gilbert Melendez. I think he's retired and Jake Shields. And you've got all these other killers that are a bit older now. So they won't equate to the same level of, quality of training partners that he had in the past so Mm -hmm. there's also that there's just too many factors for me to go there's going to be this winner or this winner it's just so difficult to say it it is there's a lot of factors with a person's age where we saw someone like chuck liddell was known for being kind of tough and just over age and over time you get hit in the head more and as you age you get easily more easily knocked out that's just the way it is so nick diaz in an advanced age we don't know where he is so it's something that we can't confidently say however robbie lawler i've seen him get beat up for five rounds with guys like rory mcdonald uh and and you know johnny hendrix i know he can get beat up for five rounds and make it even recently Colby covington and Rafael Dos Anjos, That's Rafael true. Dos Anjos. That's true. both yeah. of them beat him up for five rounds and he was yeah. fine. So I think, I don't think he's going to get finished. However, you know who Nick Diaz's training partners were. This video came out in May. Nick Diaz was training with Tyson Fury. Oh, wow. What wow. they're going to learn. Going boxing heavy, man. It's going to come in hands. I don't know what they would learn with each other. Like who, who Ben, <laughs> they don't have the same style or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, I assume it was for the photo op, but yeah. So one of his training partners was Tyson Fury, who is um, pretty good, pretty good at boxing. Yes. <laughs> pretty good at boxing. <laughs> yeah. He's just the world heavyweight champion, whatever that means. So it's, yeah, he's okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's, Nick's not bad at himself. <laughs> you know, it's a shame, man. Cause uh, I do, I always, I always feel conflicted with this fight, Tim, because I like Robbie Lawler is my favorite welterweight champ of all time, easily. Mm. Like he's my favorite man, and I know people are going to be in the comments going, "What about GSP?" He's not my favorite. Like GSP mm. is one of the best fighters of all time. Now, watching him fight, I wouldn't say he's the most exciting. Robbie Lawler is definitely exciting, man. Like he he brings that violence every single time. I don't know if he's still got that 
same Robbie Lawler in him anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it, it's a shame, man. We're going to have to see a loser in this fight, honestly. Yeah, it seems like a, like a winner leaves town and a loser leaves town. But you were saying if Nick Diaz wins, the UFC will try to set him up for a title shot. Yeah, they're probably going to do the Masvidal fight because it's good money. Masvidal's already agreed that if he yes. looks good, they'll do that fight. Fine, fine, fine. That's clearly like the BMF class of these guys just fight for money. Yeah. They're not fighting for... And like... they got a story to that as well, man. It's like you beat up my little brother, man. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> man, it is... This sport sometimes I'm like, we just, we need something else. I'm so like, I'm a mark for a lot of these things because I shouldn't be interested in some pro wrestling storyline like that. But yeah, that sounds, that sounds fun. That does sound fun. You beat up Kane. Now the undertaker's coming for you. Some bullshit (laughs) like that. Cool. But yeah, I don't know. That's fine. But yeah, I don't know with Robbie win or lose probably should retire. I know that he's, he probably doesn't know anything else because he he made his debut at like 16 years old or something like that. He was a really young guy when he first started fighting. So like, I don't know how you just, like we asked Frank Shamrock, how do you actually become 19, retired? Man. That's yeah. crazy. 19. Couldn't yeah. drink for years in the United States. And yet he's still fighting in cages in the United States. But yeah, like we asked Frank Shamrock, how do you become a retired fighter? And he was like, dude, good, good question. Most guys don't. And like Frank never, he came back after a while. Right. So I don't know that there's really a standard of how you retire. So Robbie may not want to, but I'd love to see it. Give me your official prediction. Officially what we know, what do you think is going to happen in this fight? Who takes it? Good. Nick Diaz split decision. Okay. I think that's a really good predict. Yeah. I was gonna pick Nick by decision as well. But yeah, yeah split. I was gonna say draw, but that's boring, man. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Nick, man. I'm gonna side with it's not gonna be a draw, man. No way it's gonna be a draw. <laughs> a draw, just man, that's, that's funny. I don't wanna pick. I don't wanna pick. I love them both equally. <laughs> <laughs> they're both they're both awesome, man. Like I love Robbie, I love Nick. It's a shame we're gonna see a loser in this fight, but if I had to see a loser, I prefer it being Robbie. Just because, I mean, no, no, like you, Robbie Lawler fans, don't come after me. You know, I like I like Robbie, but he's already got the title, man. He's already won the title. He's won the belt. He's, you know, he's defended it a few times. It, in my opinion, you know, he's like a he's a he's an MMA Hall of Famer in my eyes. Um, so he's already established himself. I just like to see Nick, man, see how far he can go, man. You know that. That's why I'd like to see him one win personally. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to be mad either way, really. Either guy wins. No, absolutely. Yeah. Either way, it's fine. You get to see a legacy fighter really coming through. Both these guys have won, have amazing legacies, some of the greatest fights in history. Uh, officially, yeah, I'm picking Nick because comparing their last two fights, Nick did look a little bit better. Um, okay. So we have done UFC 266. The rest of the main card we did review in the previous podcast. Make sure to check that out on YouTube or Spotify or any podcast platform. I don't care. We're everywhere. I don't care. Um, this is the UFC 266 covering Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. What else do we going on, got going on this week? Ash, tell them everything. So we got a little bit of, uh, we got, we got surprise guests. I'm going to keep you guys guessing. Yeah. We've got some really good guests uh over the next couple of podcasts uh i think we're going to release that on saturday or sunday tim probably sunday actually isn't it you know uh sure no, I'm fine with anything. okay yeah, so it's a big one and then we've also got another big one next week uh so yeah former ufc fire freaking legend man so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my uh my mouth shut about that and i'll let you guys tune in in your own time 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a hint that the only level of former UFC fighter that we can get are people who are on the bad side of Dana White. So that's your only hint that you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. So that's like 96% of all, uh, of all. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't even narrow it down that much. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, okay, so that, that's it for the week. Make sure to check out the other interviews. We just talked about Ong and Song uh, the other day. Really interesting guy, the former double champion from one championship. And if you wanted to get Marius Aramska's perspective on Nick Diaz, check that out as well. All right. Uh, my name is Tim Wheaton. Check me out at uh, Tim Wheaton MMA. We are the Calf Kick Sports. Ash, let them know where they can find more of you. Hey, guys, find us on YouTube, Spotify, you know, IG. We're pretty much everywhere. Like, um, you know, if uh, if you're not following us already, what the hell's wrong with you? Follow us, subscribe, do all the good stuff, share, like, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but yeah, till next time, folks. <laughs>